Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Scroll of all ages, welcome to MCU Beyond Infinity, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host and fellow variant Travis to discuss the fourth episode of the second season for MCU's Disney Plus streaming series, Loki, the heart of the TVA. In each of the past two episodes, Aurora Boris has warned his colleagues at the TVA of the imminent threat that they face as a rising number of branching timelines split from the sacred timeline to forge their own histories. The temporal loom is becoming increasingly overloaded. We're all going to die. Obi screamed to anyone who would listen. And even with the help of an unlikely alley in Victor Timely, the TVA failed to repair the device before it was too late. The fourth episode of season two concludes with a massive cliffhanger. After Timely gets spaghettified, the temporal loom appears to collapse into itself and begins to expand, flaring out a blinking light that engulfs everything in its path as Loki and company can do nothing but wait for the light to consume them. When it does, the show's dramatic score by the great Natalie Holt cuts to silence and the screen goes black for several seconds before credits land. Just as Aurora Boris predicted, this has led to the death of them all. Of course, we know they're not actually dead. After all, two episodes <laughs> two episodes remain in season two and the show must go on. So the real question is, where are they now? But before we begin to speculate about what lies ahead in the final two episodes of season two of Loki, the best the MCU has been for quite some time, I'd like to give Travis a brief uh, humble brag moment. When doing the recap of our the first episode of Loki, there was the point where Loki gets pruned, and we all predicted correctly that that was going to end up being Loki himself. But when in the timeline would that have occurred, and in what episode? I incorrectly said it would be the finale, as the end is the beginning. The beginning is the end, as an Aurora Boris is like a snake eating its own tail. But Travis correctly, correctly predicted that it would happen at the end of episode four just as it did here bad baby <laughs> yeah yeah you predicted the end of the tba which i didn't think was going to happen so yeah and that's kind of i i kind of love this season of loki because we know that like the time war is coming and we're leading up to the kang dynasty and i think marvel yeah. um put the cart before the horse. Is that the saying in a lot of ways where it was kind of fun with the first three phases of Marvel where we knew, okay, this is coming to Avengers. Okay. Ultron. Mm -hmm. But this was like, here's three fucking phases and like 50 projects and it's going to end with Kang. So we've known it's Kang all along, which I yes. think was incorrect and kind of. It's also knowing that multiverse shenanigans are going to be going on and like wondering when you're going to start seeing them and everything. Like there were times in WandaVision where we thought, well, this is the multiverse that's cracking open or something. And it's, it's like, no, no, no. And then, there's been a few of those moments kind of. Uh, 
Doctor Strange yeah. 2 being like the big one where Yeah, you see multiverses, but you not it doesn't feel like it affects the the main universe as much. Nor the greater story of the main universe. Like yeah, everything that, that, that has feels occurred. very self-contained. Extremely. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania felt like a whimper rather than a bang. And yeah, you're a king and he's yeah. just like the worst king. <laughs> just by being a good performance by Jonathan Majors. Yeah, it's totally. And yeah. and like the end of Thor the Dark World was like we're getting an infinity stone and we're mm-hmm. like, you know, okay, here's a track and where's the next one you'll show up? Stuff like that. Stuff like that. And if we just, I, I don't know, like if Kang was just the villain and you're like, okay, that was cool to see Kang. And, you know, mm-hmm. we know there's going to be more Kangs, but I don't know. None of it has felt like it had much connective tissue. And I feel like part of it might be like unreasonable expectations on the fans parts, because we're saying, how is this leading up to something as opposed to when we saw the infinity gems at the end of Thor, the dark world. And we're like, Oh, infinity gem, like, Ooh, multiverse, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. well, maybe there's something to this multiverse stuff, you know, and you know, we got an up, Avengers movie, you know? Yeah. They're setting up the, uh, the big bad, uh, before they've introduced the new characters and just time around there. Yeah. It's, with it's the, hard to get as invested with like, these standalone stories that are only just two introduced new characters that we're going to care about later, I guess. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, but I do care about the new characters for the most part, but yeah, it's. I want more of Kate Bishop, and I want mm-hmm. more of Yelena, and I want more of Miss Marvel, and I know we're getting more of her. I know we're getting a Florence Pugh Thunderbolts movie, probably, maybe. <laughs> um, but I don't know where Kate Bishop's going to show up again. Like, and I know it's not in this phase because they've just announced so fucking much unless they do like a grand restructuring, which is possible. Mm-hmm. The big exception to the multiverse saga and the expectations set by the multiverse saga, of course, is and has been Loki and season two of Loki continues with that. And season one really kind of instigated that with the performance of Jonathan Majors. And I think it's kind of interesting here because we're seeing the end of the Kang dynasty potentially, right? Like we're seeing Seeker Wars start and end and in the middle and everything occurring. They're watching this, right, mm-hmm. on these timelines. And I just think it would be neat if like the end of the Kang dynasty was that moment that we get here with Ravona. And and Kang and the TVA getting their mind wiped and like, I, I I love the sick the secular the the secular nature of this show and how it's addressing the multiverse as opposed to kind of slow rolling it for us. Mm-hmm. This thing really kind of hammers us over the head with no like this is how this can be handled and here's like proof of concept that this can get messy and work at the same time as opposed to quantum mania where they tried to explain the Kang thing and it just wasn't as engaging as this. Right. Yeah. 
there's that little ball that Kang holds in this, right? He uses it to fix the whatever, the loom. The thing. loom. Yeah. I was praying that that was going to be like a prototype of his little chrono chamber. What's the name of that thing? Uh, yeah, chair thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, his little chrono yeah. chair. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was hoping. I hope like he <laughs> floats his little chrono ball into that thing and, and saves it all. Um, but in terms of the grander scheme of Marvel, do you think that Kang Dynasty is going to be Loki season three? Do you think Marvel would dare do that? Because the show is is weird. I don't know. I, I, maybe like uh, we talked last week about maybe him being the uh, the Tony Stark uh, main character of uh, the last Avengers movie or whatever. And how I don't think that would be a, the worst idea they've had since he has a link with Kang. All this time travel stuff started with him, kind of. And it would give the actors that's uh, been able to get other work, uh, and it's kind of stuck with this franchise—a reward, somewhat. He's also kind of been the guy who's embraced this franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say like Hemsworth hasn't, and RDJ hasn't, and Chris Evans hasn't, but like Tom Hiddleston hams it up. And, oh, yeah. and he also was like he was a villain, like in, yeah. in the beginning. They were the characters we were supposed to like. He's kind of grown. Uh, we're getting a full arc over a giant franchise where it's like we've seen Loki through like twenty-seven movies at this yes. point. Yeah, yeah. And and we're following this character, and it would be rather cathartic. It would also. I think be a good shift for the films to find an identity like this rather mm-hmm. than kind of sticking to the, well, for, for like a, a comic book term, like house style. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause this show is really interesting looking and tonally and is distinct in comparison to the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe. Like there's no confirmation of who's directing Kang dynasty. I know there was some, um, um, rumors that it was Daniel Creighton who did Shang-Chi. Yeah. I don't think Benson and Moorhead would be a bad choice, kind of. Right? Yeah, if they pull this off currently and there are rumors about them getting other projects with Marvel, so mm-hmm. if they're going to become the guys, that we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it, feels, it feels very Russo Brothers in that way. And there are two of them? Yes. Yes. There's, there's two. Also noticed that. Uh, yes. Two. There's there's two of them. Um. They also worked on smaller scales for quite some time. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. The uh, the movies they've done all kind of feel small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just they're mostly cheap. Other the one with Anthony Mackie is more expensive, but it's just because it's Anthony Mackie probably. Yeah, yeah, the most of the budget went to Anthony Mackie, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but still they're also weird. These guys are bizarre, and we've noted the the uh, second and third episodes not having as much style and flair as Mm -hmm. the premiere did, and uh, Aaron and Moorhead are back directing this week. And I think that was felt for me, at least stylistically. 
Um, and especially with the the pace of this thing, where I like these ticking clock episodes of Loki a lot. Like the first episode in this one, where it's like we have to get this done by this time, and everything is hurtling towards yes, yes, some kind of crazy conclusion. Um, one of the big things that I've been confused about, and I had to ask you before we started recording, was we found out last season that <laughs> when people are pruned, they're sent to the void where the Citadel at the end of time sits and are devoured by a smoke monster by the name of Eliath. And Loki killed Eliath, right? Yeah, he at least dispersed it. So I don't know what the pruning devices do now, exactly. If they're still just sending people to the end of time, then it's filling up, I would think. Yeah, yeah. It's also like they show it, right? And mm-hmm. it's like shattered. Yeah, the Citadel of Time is more like a donut now of ruins. So, like, maybe they're getting sent to like where it used to be, and they're just in the vacuum of space, and like <laughs> they blast out, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's like cracked, and I I like that there's a Jonathan Majors puppet there. <laughs> yeah. I like it quite some bit. I like that Ravona Renslayer is back because we have a villain now, right? Um, right. With Miss Minutes and Ravona Renslayer. Like we knew Kang, he who remains, whatever you want to call it, is the bad guy, TBA. But the first two episodes kind of lacked having, you know, just a Snidely Whiplash. You know what I mean? <laughs> and And now we have a Snidely Whiplash. And last week we're like, Miss Minutes was like, I got something to show you, but it's going to make you very, very sad or very, very angry. And we're like, mm-hmm. what is this going to be? Um, she shows a really, really nice quality, like kind of real life hologram kind of thing. Like, was that on, it wasn't on a screen, right? It was like projected, kind of. I. This is awful. I'm I'm sundowning now, apparently, because okay. I don't remember. I watched okay. this less than an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's it's basically like after the multiversal war, mm-hmm. Ravona Renslayer led the army for He Who Remains into victory. Yes. And yes. we hear them discussing what we heard on the tape during in episode one. Yeah. In episode one, yes. Um Essentially that he is going to have her lead beside him. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, all right, I'll go back to TVA, get her troops. You come in with me. And he's like, I, I got to step back. And then he has Miss Minutes erase the memories of every single person who fought with him in the multiversal war. So Miss Minutes proposes that the two of them just basically abandon this mission um, to create another he who remains and just attempt to take over the uh the tva themselves um i like this i think the inevitability of he who remains and kang Mm -hmm. is a depressing concept right like that no matter what you try and do this is inevitably going to be the end right 
um, you know, Thanos had the like, I'm inevitable speech. And now we're once again, playing with the concept of inevitability. Um, only this time it's so much grander kind of just in like overall scope. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Because Thanos was just a uh, threat to the, uh, to one universe. Kanye is a threat to all of them kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Thanos was part of Kang's plan. Like all of these things mm-hmm. were part of this guy's giant scheme. Do you think we're ever going to get like a Kang origin? I hope so. I I do. He, not the Victor Timely stuff. That's one version or whatever, but I want the, year, the, the 31st century future society where yeah yeah i do want to see that properly yeah i do too do you because in the comic books kang is the like great 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 descendant of a reed richards mm-hmm. you think we're going with that do you think we're going with him being a descendant of another marvel character or just kind of being its own thing Ah oh, man Neither would surprise me. I could see them going with Tony Stark since people will like that he's being name dropped. And yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reed Richards fellow is—he's uh, smart and all, but he doesn't have the name brand value that that Tony not, Stark fellow. Not yet. Apparently. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. How mad will people be when they cast a black guy as Reed Richards? Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh. I'm sure plenty. I'm sure there will be plenty of wrath. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I uh I don't care. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. I actually think that this because in um in the comics, like just really briefly, uh Ravona Renslayer was like a princess from the time mm-hmm. when Kang was around, and um es- essentially like she is always doomed to die or not be with Kang despite his constant manipulation of time essentially like she's his rosebud kind of um in a lot of ways you know like she is the thing that grounds Kang and and makes yeah. him not just like a maniacal monster um i think the show is doing a little cleaner job at that like when mm-hmm. he wipes her memory he does have like an i'm sorry looks like he doesn't want to do it but it's kind of like I have to do this because otherwise something bad will happen to you or something along those lines. Or maybe, you know, we saw with Victor timely, I don't do partnerships or whatever he said last week. This is um, the defining characteristic of all the Kang variants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, None of them do partnerships, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that is kind of established in the first season when they talk about uh, how, when the Kangs all discovered one another, there was initially peace and like self-congratulating each other, or whatever. But yes, eventually they wanted to conquer. They they wanted yeah. to be the sole uh, decision maker of the universe, pretty much. Kang's got a Kang, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're on the Kang train. Yeah, here. I also uh, just randomly, if someone wants to read on Kang, some the uh, recent miniseries of his was pretty decent at recapping some of the story. Huh? extremely good at consolidating 
the, a bunch of gibberish. Yes, yes. <laughs> Kang is a retcon machine. I have said this yes. many times on the podcast. He exists to change stuff in the continuity. So twenty years down the road, something will make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't make sense because it was written in the fucking 60s or the 70s, <laughs> and now it's 2023. So they bring Kang around every couple of years to make some sort of timeline adjustment for things to make sense. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like the Renslayer stuff. And I don't know about you, but I want to see Gugu Mbathura um, make it to Avengers Kang Dynasty, possibly as like a big warrior fucking... Hang yeah. disciple thing, you know? In a silly suit, yes, yes. Yeah. In, in the Terminatrix suit that we're all waiting for. Uh, it's what the people want, yeah. It's uh, what the one guy wants somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's on the podcast, I think. Yeah, that is me, yeah. <laughs> that is me. Uh, yeah, I do think she should be in there somewhere or another. Uh, She's a huge part of Kang's, like, motives. Mm-hmm. Um, and has been almost since the beginning, you know? So I don't know. I think it's cool. I am not crazy about the Victor timely. I like Jonathan <laughs> majors. I like his performance. I think it's fun that this actor can play all of these different characters. Just the Victor timely performance of character just kind of bugs me and him arriving and wandering around the holes of the TVA. Yeah. yeah. He is a bit grinding on me. Oh yeah, did you like his uh, his like uh, shriek he lets out whenever he meets Aurora Boros? Uh, I did like the him and Aurora Boros stuff. Um, I liked them like fangirling over one another. I did like the little uh, uh, shriek thing that he does when he first realizes mm. who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, were you familiar with what a uh, shadyocracy is? I didn't think that was a real word. It is not. Uh, I I did uh, Google it to make sure it was not a real word, and then I think really the subtitles were spelled a certain way that made it clear that it was not talking about shady, like shady people. It's, That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that because I felt like a modern term. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, most likely referring to uh, Schadenfreude, or however you pronounce it, the uh, uh, gaining joy out of other people's misery. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When I look up Shadyocracy Kang into Google, I get some yeah, lady uh, on LinkedIn re- named uh, Shady Kang, <laughs> a psychologist from Irving, California. So mm. shout out to her. Um. Yeah, Shadyocracy capital She's of the world. Right? With this episode, <laughs> I know her hits are going way up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She gets all these fucking. Guys who listen to the podcast following her now on LinkedIn for some reason wanted to connect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like this stuff. I I like that Casey is getting this time to shine as well. And mm-hmm. you know, one of the things of the past couple episodes is like Aurora Boris is only here to like tell us what's going on in the episode and throw out technical terms, but. Mm-hmm. He's given a bit of agency here. Um, they're kind of all brainstorming on how to protect this temporal loom from overloading. And I like the, he was inspired by Victor Timely and Victor Timely was inspired by him. Mm-hmm. Although the line where Aurora Boris says, um, it's like a snake eating its own tail was like, 
What is oh, this? Some kind of Kang squad? You know what I mean? Uh, Have you seen the meme with Leonardo DiCaprio where he says, what is this? Some sort of killers of a flower moon or something like that? Killing of a flower moon? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like, he said the thing. You know what I mean? Um, it, it definitely was a he said the thing moment. Mm-hmm. I also like the dumb science stuff in this episode. Like I'm a Doctor Who fan. I'm a Star Trek fan. And I love when they throw out a big idea in semi-simple terms to some sort of answer of some, you know, irrelevant science fiction kind of quandary. Uh, So the idea here, again, this is another shout out to you because last season, when we covered the show, God, that was like two, two and a half years ago, which is like insane. And um, you were kind of trying to dumb it down almost like for Kira and I at the time. And you're like, I imagine this as like a bunch of strands of rope mm-hmm. all being like siphoned through a loom and coming out as like a single. It's a little too accurate. <laughs> it is a little too accurate, but you, you basically were like, it's but like it's tying a rope together. And, and, yeah. and this temporal loom is the visual um, representation of exactly your concept that you had in your head that, mm-hmm. you know, we've been kind of explaining it as um, Iron Man explaining it as on this show for, uh, for some time now. And essentially, now all of these multiple timelines are being created that um, because they're not pruning the branches and they can't fit through the loom because the loom's only made to fit so many timelines. So yeah. they want to like make this device essentially to like blast the little, um, like I think they call them throughputs um, to make them larger. And, I thought that was fucking cool, man. I thought that was fucking cool. Um, There was a point where OB and Timely like shake hands. And did you see Sylvie's face there? I did not. I did not. She looked hesitant. She looked suspicious of the two of them. Oh. Which leads back to, do you think Short Round's a bad guy? I do. I think I said something along those lines early in episode one or two where he's a very likable character so it would uh mm-hmm. like a heel turn i could see him with him being uh, a pawn of gangs in a nefarious way where he yeah. may still like him at the end but he's he's doing bad yeah 100 percent um I mean, everyone in the tba technically is but it, i feel like more so for him and this is kind of where I inevitably hope all of this lands where in the Kang dynasty, you know, the heroes of the Marvel universe encounter what's going on here, right? They Mm -hmm. stumble across what Loki has been up to and Loki is sitting there like we have to save the time variance authority. And they're like, no, they are space fascists and Loki, you're a bad guy. (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm not a bad guy. I am a good guy. And the heroes are kind of like fighting against him because what he's doing is what Kang is saying needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But they don't understand. It's like 
no, he's doing this so that you only have to fight one Kang. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if we, if we don't do this, there's going to be like a billion of these things. So we'll eventually see the Marvel heroes against Loki and Loki will kind of be this um, kind of heroic uh, or tragic rather hero who inevitably says like, I told you so, you know what I mean? Maybe he gets to say the, the Kang line that like, see you soon line or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think this room is harvesting energy since they mentioned it in the Victor Timely episode where he's the one he builds at the, uh, the, the world's fair, whatever it is. Yeah. Lighting up light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. It's harnessing enough electricity to light up the room and everything mm-hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious if they go that route, what is it going to be powering? Is it a fully functioning death star? <laughs> yeah. Like no, no doubt, man. And we kind of eventually see the energy that this thing is harnessing through mm-hmm. the radiation levels. Right. Yeah. But how do they kind of um consolidate that for use you know what i mean mm-hmm. like because right now it just seems like it's fucking it's it's too powerful to control you know what i mean to like harness right mm-hmm. um but using yeah like a fucking incursion death ray kind of thing <laughs> you know yeah yeah that would be the landmines or the whatever they, the grenades that they use to wipe out timelines. Maybe that's what it's for. Yeah, they seem pretty effective, those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what it's powering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's powering those kinds of things. I don't know. Um, yeah, so as Aurora uh, Boris and Victor Timely are working on the multiplier thing, um, B15 meets with the head of the TVA who I keep saying she looks like a David Lynch character. I, I, she's like this little person in a wheelchair mm-hmm. and it's such a choice to cast this person. They don't make a big deal of her. Um, but it is funky. You know what I mean? It's, it's a funky yeah. choice. Um, I like it. I like that. It gives it that distinctive flair. Is this show twin peaks? Absolutely not. But <laughs> I like that the show is just like, we are pretty fucking weird. Um, so B 15 is asked by the head of the TVA to approach um, docs played by Kate Dickey, the bird faced yes. Irish woman from the witch. And um, we're being held in the holding cell that we saw last episode and try and convince them to reform I like this fucking scene a lot. Like the, what is the TVA? Like it, it doesn't matter. And she's like, I don't know if it matters anymore, but I listen to your words and mm-hmm. I've changed. So maybe there's a way, like, I like that B 15s given so much fucking agency basically. Yeah. She was kind of one of the standouts of last season. She had the, the fake blade runner tears in the rain speech. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, Outside of the Walmart that may or may not be owned by a giant uh, Minotaur. Um, <laughs> time rocks on. Yeah. yeah, rocks on. Rocks on, rocks off. Um, <laughs> not in this show. Uh, it's PG-13, I yeah. believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and not with the Minotaur. I don't think they're allowed to show that on the internet. Um, there you, is that American Horror Story episode where... Uh, 
Precious gets fingered by a minotaur. Spoiler. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, the witch season. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, okay. Okay, Black Phillip. Go off, Black Phillip. You know. <laughs> We have seen Kate Dickey get her boobs sucked by a teenager and a crow. Yes, and a crow. Yeah. Um, Which equally. We've seen two. We've seen two. So I won't hold my breath for a minotaur because she dies in the next scene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is a crazy, another crazy standout scene where inside the holding cell, all of uh, Doc's Kate Dickey's. kind of revolutionaries um, are being held and Miss Minutes and Ravona pop up and essentially give them a choice. Like if you help me, you can either lead the TVA with me or go ahead and live on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you can have a life, but if you do not, we are going to squish you in our little um, box. Energy cube thing. Yes. The uh, performance by this guy, playing um zaniac brad zaniac brad yeah yes. um he's fucking fantastic he chooses to go with uh renslayer the only one of the um insurgents to do so <laughs> and like the scene where docs calls him by his name you know and just says like calls him bradley it's like natalie holt's music and score for this has been fantastic. Uh, mix of like some Celtic strings and some science fiction elements and things along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it all works really well. And the squishing, which we both had in our notes separately and have now trademarked here yes, on the yes. show. Um, they don't show it, but they do a big long close up on Brad's face as the squishing happens. And it it's pretty harsh, man. Miss Minutes looks fucking she's she's relishing she's in the She's enjoying blood. it. Yeah. 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 Earlier in the scene, she's got her hands behind her back, uh, standing very firmly like a an SS officer or something. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, it, it's crazy. Um yeah, and afterwards they she locks the the whole TVA out of their network and the temp pads and everything, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing nothing works anymore. Um, do you want to talk about my least favorite part of this episode? Sure, sure. Victor Timely being obsessed with hot chocolates. Did it was weird. <laughs> yes, I. It felt like it was going to lead to him trying to betray him somehow. Like just he's wanting a better look at everything here and. The bit where he hands the security guard a uh, hot cup of uh, or cocoa or whatever, fucking, mm-hmm. it's strange. It felt like I'm sure right. this, this guard had drunk hot cocoa before in his machine. I, uh, he looks so childlike handing it to him mm-hmm. as well. You want to hear a real long shot? Kind of remember during WandaVision, I was like, Master Pandemonium is going to be the big villain of this thing. Of course I want to hear a foot. Yeah. All right. So we go from the squishing, mm-hmm. hard cut to the hot cocoa fizzing down and 
and filling up the cup from the machine, right? Mm-hmm. We do not know how they grow things at the TVA. We do not know how they get their food at the TVA. We've seen the key lime pie room. This is where this kind of sparked. Because um, the color green and, uh, you know, a totalitarian fascist dictatorship, keeping people's mind at bay by use of feeding them, um, the people who have betrayed them uh, from Soylent Green popped yes. into my mind. There were also like vents in the floor of the room where the squishing happened. Do you think like the TVA is feeding people to other people? Do you think they could talk cannibalism in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I hope so. Like it, it was pretty reserved in how it showed the squishing. Like you mentioned, it just showed their face. Classic, uh, classic, yeah. classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I, I don't see no reason why you can't say that those people were related or repurposed. And, and there's there's that hard cut to the cocoa, which was weird. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? Uh, um, and also, like, the, the, the pie. It's and just it's carbon like, at the end of the day, right? It's, it's all carbon, yeah. It's yeah. a fucking pentonic carbon chain, you know, <laughs> life form. That's just, that's how life works, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you watch Star Trek, sometimes Silicon Life exists. But anything in the five column—that's how how it works. Five, um, what's it called? Uh, electrons, valence electrons, leads to this chain. That mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, the key lime pie thing—just this place being in the middle of the fucking TVA where. Like, you know, you just wander in and you're like, forget your troubles, have some pie. And then they sit down, they have some pie, they forget why they're all stressed out. Long shot, if this happens, I'm going to give myself a round of applause because it's a long shot. It's a long shot here. Um, yeah, Timely gets kidnapped by by Renslayer, right? This is what happens here. Um, is, well, you could have... It sounded like you had more than wanted to say there. Maybe about how big a fan you are of Army Hammer or something. And I am a big Army Hammer defender. I have been for yeah. some time. Yeah, uh, I think his performance in the Social Network is kind of underrated. Um, I know he had his shot at some big movies. Um, Lone Ranger might have been a flop, but I thought Man from Uncle was pretty good, and mm-hmm. he would have been a good Batman at one point in time, right? Like he'd he'd be a good Hal Jordan now if yeah, yeah. they weren't cowards. Um, <laughs> he only talked about eating people. We don't know that he did. He also liked a bunch of no. yeah. Well, the internet king shamed him before the eating people thing. He was liking uh, all sorts of like rope stuff on uh, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people were like, why is Army Hammer just going on Twitter to look at like rope porn? No, the you reason is that it's hard to eat people when they're not tied up. No. Yeah, yeah. Why is he looking at like yeah? Why is he looking at all this chloroform stuff on oh, Twitter? God. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like the sequence with Miss Minutes and Renslayer like interrogating fucking timely quite a bit. There's a good framing where kind of Renslayer or not Renslayer rather Miss Minutes is on the table, kind mm-hmm. of being in front of the uh the kang kind of statues you know what i mean like 
and, and Timely's like staring down basically like what he's supposed to be kind of. <laughs> I thought all that was was pretty fucking good, man. Um what else happens in this fucking This is where it starts getting like for some reason Oh yeah, they go to find Timely because the the device is ready and they find the hot cocoa spilled on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh no, Renslayer has Timely." So they all split up basically to find him as Aurora Boris Mobius and B15 go to set everything up for the failing loom and Along the way here, Sylvie... Okay, so they get outside the elevator where Loki was at the beginning of season one, and he hears the the fucking camera go like, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm at the point in time when I was time slipping and I got pruned. Sylvie gets stuck in the elevator, right? And Loki takes the stairs and goes up and sees himself standing on the outside of the elevator where the phone is ringing, where he was pruned. And this is where you ended up being right. And it was Mm -hmm. that point in time where he prunes himself. So he picks up the phone because that was a big thing. It was like, why is the phone ringing? You know, and I hate to just a matrix thing or is it? Yeah, it's somewhere on the other end of this thing. Yeah. Hello, Neo. You know he gets sucked through the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. It does that cool like binary code thing, like through the <laughs> mouth. Carrie Ann Moss kicks through a thing in like a cat suit. Um, Carrie Ann Moss in the MCU, kind of right already. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Terry right, Hogarth. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it ends up being Aurora Boris and he asks, where have you guys been? Somehow he knew to call that telephone. No one knows how, but <laughs> good, good looks Aurora Boris. And he's basically like, you know, I could reboot the system and deactivate Miss Minutes, but it's going to deactivate all the protocols, especially the big one, which is the TVA magic suppressing device thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, deactivate. Of course, we're wizards. Yeah, Yeah, we're literal god people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then before going offline, we go back to Miss Minutes and Ravona Renslayer and all of them inside of the room. And I like her glitching out a lot. Um, Yeah, yeah, the the downgrade. And uh, you'll never be uh, he who remains pretty much. With the Terminator eye? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was talking about that being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it had like the one eye X'd mm-hmm. out, right? And it like looked like like the end of the T eight hundred in the first Terminator, kind of. Um, do you think that put the chip on He Who Remains shoulder that led to his inevitable failure here? I like Miss Minutes berating him here. I don't think so. No, I I think just. Uh, version of Jang is always kind of doomed to failure. With he's never going to be he who remains. Yeah, if that's what you're asking, or just that, that is what I was asking. Yeah. Um, but he had to exist in order to inspire Aurora Boris, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> it'll all loop up. Yeah, it'll all loop up. It'll all loop up. Yeah, temporal yeah. looms. Blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. Um. 
yeah, so Bran goes outside to investigate, and now they can use magic. You're asking hard questions about time travel stuff, and if we do that too long, I'll start talking about my issues with Arrival. Yeah. You have issues with Arrival? Yeah, I do. I do. I, uh, have, you re- have you read the short story? I'm not. I'm not. Okay, so let's talk about your issues with Arrival. I will, <laughs> maybe I'll post this in the MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook group if I can find the book. I know it's laying around my house somewhere. Mm-hmm. That book was written by a math uh doctor or whatever they call it like a doctor yeah. mathematician whatever written by a mathematician who puts the math formulas in the fucking oh, wow. yeah, yeah. short story to explain it like i've never seen something like this where like in the middle of the story there are actual like equations saying like here's how <laughs> this all makes sense yeah i don't know if the movie nails it as well as like the book's concept um, my, my issue with it is that uh, I get the, the spoiler for Arrival. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the main girl is experiencing time at the same time uh, in both the future and the, the the past and the present. It's all happening at the same time where she's aware of it. The problem is that there's another character in the future that gives her information that he has no really, really reason to because he's not experiencing time that way. My, that is my issue. Um, my okay. memory of it is a little hazy. Yeah, right. no, it, that, that that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So someone in the future is giving her Pernian information that seems relevant to what's going on in the past. For what reason? Right? Yes, yes. He has no reason other than it's, it has to happen for the plot to move forward. And Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. If he was experiencing time the same way she was, I could understand it. Or they'd come up with any other reason for him to... But I, I like your spoiler because like that might intrigue someone who's never watched Arrival to watch it and they still don't know the emotional gut punch of why that's affecting her. Like yeah. the emotional resonance of like what's happening when you find out the twist in Arrival mm-hmm. works so well for me. Um, Like why Amy Adams has been so standoffish and things yeah. like that. Uh. I, I like love that. I also like a science fiction movie about aliens to talk about linguism and 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 language. I enjoyed the, that part. I that and I enjoyed the look of the aliens and the, the language and everything. That's all very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool movie, man. We were just talking about Denny Villeneuve and how I'm happy he's stuck in Dune Land, but I do miss Denny Villeneuve <laughs> movies that aren't Dune yeah. movies. Uh, but I guess like enjoy it's like you know a kid giving the keys to a fucking chocolate factory or something you know like if, if like that's your thing and you're just like oh my god I'm the guy who gets to do Dune right like do it while you can I just hope it uh it leads to him getting a blank check for a big feature of his own story or something that he's interested in outside of uh, franchise filmmaking um, yeah. although Dune does rule it uh, features. Stellan Skarsgård as a giant uh, floating monster man. Um, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane. Do it. The enchanting of uh, of Bradley here by Sylvie. Now we can use magic in the TVA. Do we grow into a giant god? Do we control <laughs> shadows? Like all these things that we can do. No, we we enchant uh, the hunky uh, dude. To prune Ravona Renslayer, right? Yeah, Ravona doesn't have any powers that we know of, right? Like it's nope. 
Ah. Uh, no. Yeah. Too they bad. They just like open portals for all the Avengers. And... Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um. Does Ravona go to the Citadel at the end of time now? It would be uh, the end of the beginning. That's where she started the episode. At, so it would... Right? It's like yeah. a tone poem. It rhymes. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't... Uh, they need to show us what happens to prune people now. They have to show us what happens to prune people. Like, you stay in the bath too long, you get wrinkly. Um. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's hard, hard science. Uh. Yeah. You ever listen to that Soundgarden song? Oh, I don't think so. But... Prune man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh my God, that was a bad joke. That was it not. Was, a, that was, was a bad joke. Yeah, yeah that was a bad joke. Um, spoon man, that's not about heroin, right? It's got I spoons. Know. I think uh, it's, it's about an actual spoonman. Yeah, yeah, guy plays spoons. Very impressive, to Chris Cornell, apparently. Interesting. I knew a guy named Jesse who played uh, a washboard, like um, kind of professionally. And, yeah. you know, he was a spoonman if like, uh, and depending on the gig, he would tell me he would use plastic spoons or metal spoons. Cause if he was in a tiny place and he used metal spoons, it would just be like infuriating. Like the whole place would want to like explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause it would just be like, like just so loud. Um, and, and he was kind of a bummy dude and I picked him up and, uh, <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine, but, imagine this lady on YouTube named Abby the Spoon Lady that plays the spoons. Mm-hmm. She's very good, but she has she looks like someone that would play the spoons. Uh, yeah, this guy looked like someone who would play the spoons too. Yeah. You know, not a lot of teeth kind of guy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It checks and, out. Uh, yeah. Train hopping and all that. Uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, very hoboey. You know. Mm-hmm. He was like in a union that like he would show He's up. To like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he to show up to like get work, and they like w- you know sometimes they wouldn't call his number, and he would come home and stuff. Like it was very mm-hmm. you know he was very uh, Americana. Um, but one time he asked me to drive him to a gig, and um, he stopped at like a Seven <laughs> Eleven. No, no, he stopped at like a Seven Eleven and was like pocketing spoons, like the plastic spoons <laughs> behind the counter. Yeah. And and I was like, what are you doing? And that's when he explained the like metal spoon. He's like, I got to use plastic spoons for this gig. So, you know, they break easy. So I go to 7-Eleven and I just steal plastic spoons. I was like, it's actually kind of smart, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, they all, they, they get timely, right? Because um, we've got a power down Miss Minutes and now Ravona Renslayer is gone. We never mm-hmm. do find out what happened to Brad, do we? I don't think so. After his enchantment. Well, I guess um, we find out what happened to everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the thing. So they yeah. return to the loom and they reunite with all the others so they can uh, scan Victor Timely's aura and unlock these blast doors. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're running out of time, Loki wants to go through the time manipulator himself. But Timely says, like, no, it's time to be brave. This is a dumb idea, right? Like, like it was weird that he said, like, no, me, like the most important one in the room, as opposed to like the literal <laughs> god person. I assume it was a con of some kind. Maybe he was going to do something 
to empower him. <laughs> oh, you think know. so? Like Maybe. he would have been the guy who saved it or something yeah. like that? Mm. Well, we do know he is a huckster. He is a huckster. Um, yeah, so he insists on taking up the task uh, since he was the one who basically like yeah. designed this thing. Um, and he suits up and says, like, it's time to be brave. It's time to be brave. We kind of skip over the little model thing. That, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's a good little bit. Yeah. It's a great little bit. Um, and I love how he's like, he's like, all right, here's how we're going to do this. And he takes it out. And he's like, listen, we didn't have a lot of time to repair. I only got to put down one coat of paint. I didn't get to make, it's not to scale. And he pulls out the big Anybody loom. who's ever drawn a thing or tried to do anything artistic in the slightest, I think, would find all this very relatable where it's like here's this thing I made here's why it's shitty (laughs) all the justifications yeah he's got Uh, a sign that says not to scale underneath (laughs) the loom did you see that yes yes like a little tag I was dying Uh, and they're like oh don't beat yourself up it looks really good like they kept like mm -hmm. trying to reassure him it was great um timely gets spaghettified and immediately, I enjoyed the suddenness of it. Yeah, I enjoyed the screech, I enjoyed the sound effects, I enjoyed the visual effects here. Something that yeah. we have been critical of in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of late. Mm-hmm. They look finished, it looked better than when Reed Richards was liquefied in fucking uh Doctor Strange, really. There was because it, 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 it was cartoony, tone. but it had logic to it like you know what i mean like there were the physics of it where like you see his skin turning into spaghetti but his bones do not turn to spaghetti like you see a (laughs) jawbone fall out and things like that yeah 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 it was good this was a good death um and unexpected and sudden it was a fun kill here um especially like all the hype up of Victor Timely and was like, oh my god, here's a Kang variant, here's the guy, and bang, he's fucking done. Yeah, the untimely demise of uh, this Kang the Conqueror was kind of hilarious. Um, then the episode ends with seemingly the death of everybody? They don't show them getting destroyed, but you see the blast wave coming. I don't know if there's gonna be like an escape hatch they use, but... Are they're going to be sent somewhere by the like lost in other timelines now that these things have branched out? I don't I, know. You never watched Lost, right? No, no, I did not. Okay. There was like this thing that happens, like the whole first season was like what is this hatch? Like they find this like hatch in the island and there's like a smoke monster and they don't understand, but there's like this hatch. And eventually they get in the hatch and there's like a naked Scotsman in there. And they're like, what is this naked Scotsman doing? And he's like, there's these numbers and every X amount of seconds, I have to put them into this computer or else. And they're like, or else what? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I've just been doing this for like 30 years. I sit (laughs) in this hatch and, and this is what I do. And the whole second season, it's pretty much like, we should stop punching in the numbers. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. They're like, why? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, why? And it's like, uh, we don't really know. Um, There's an experiment with monkeys where 
uh, something to do with the ladder where they uh, would hose down a group of monkeys or whatnot, and uh, eventually they only kept, uh, they'd stop hosing them down and introduce a new group of monkeys, and it's, I'm telling the story horribly, but yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the old monkeys would prevent the new monkeys from climbing the ladder because they didn't want to get sprayed by a hose. Whoa. But uh, even though there was no more threat to the holes in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they stopped hitting the button at the mm-hmm. end of season two of Lost, um, the Scott naked Scotsman started um, perceiving time kind of like a rival at like all different moments. Yeah. And like time got all fucked up, like all fucked up. Um, eventually leading to time travel and all this stuff. This reminds me so much of the end of a season of Lost. Like this moment where it just flashes to white and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> what happened? Why did he stop hitting the button? Um, again, we know no one's dead because we've seen trailers and there's a there's lot of footage. Two episodes left. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if they, if they just announced, oh, no, that's it. Uh, we lied about their six episodes. Uh, or the next episode is Loki picking up the Infinity Stone during the first Avengers and uh, during Endgame and like disappearing, right? Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to the first episode of fucking Loki. <laughs> that would be pretty fun. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I mentioned it to you. Like there's scenes of... St- time skipping what do they call that uh, um, I think the time that jump. Is it, right yeah, yeah the time skipping stuff time slipping. Shot- yes time slipping yeah there's shots of time slipping that we haven't seen yet mm-hmm. uh one of the ones i remember was like him in front of like a jet ski salesman and i was like oh maybe we it's get to see him on his jet ski yeah. or something yeah 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 something along those lines you know or maybe uh, spit them back out in their natural timeline or something possibly yeah yeah possibly mm-hmm. um regardless of what it is like I'm, I'm looking forward to it i really like the end of this episode um with that being said travis do you have anything additional that you'd like to add before jumping into our final thoughts and our reviews of season two episode four of loki i do you think this project zartan in the credit sequences going to have anything to do with anything here so I, I didn't see this. What's the context okay. of it? No, it's just like a like a document. It has something about something called Project Zartan, and all I think of when I think of that is Jojo, the Master of Disguise, <laughs> Dreadnoughts, and all that. Uh, yeah, the Dreadnoughts, the Dreadnoughts. Yes, yeah. I, I'm thinking the same thing whenever I hear that fucking word. And so. I googled it uh, when after the episode this week just to see if it's. A mythology thing, maybe that I'm not familiar with, like the word Zartan, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's no nope. GI Joe stuff comes up, but yeah, maybe all you get GI Joe for me. Yeah, Google just knows you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Here you go, you fucking nerd. <laughs> you know, <laughs> potentially, potentially. Yeah, I have no idea. I I wouldn't mind a GI Joe spinoff, although I know Hasbro owns GI Joe now, and it's not Marvel related. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, it could have happened. The right? other completely unrelated. Well, it's not completely unrelated, but it 
It's not really relevant, but do you think you're ever going to get a, a multiverse thing that uh, depicts it as it would actually be, where like most people don't exist in <laughs> other universes? Where I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like there always has to be a replica of you in every yeah, other yeah, universe. Yeah, in reality, the majority of multiverse uh, of other universes you wouldn't exist in. The other people you know wouldn't exist. It's it's not like wacky versions of people you know. Yeah, it's not like the soul of. <laughs> right, it's just never good storytelling. Uh, no, yeah. no, it is much more fun this way. <laughs> um, We're just ignoring like to- all those universes. <laughs> The Rock universe from Everything Everywhere All at Once would be fun. That's my favorite part of that movie when they're yeah, like yeah. those little rocks with the googly eyes on them. Yeah. Uh, um, I do like that quite a bit. So I wouldn't mind that, right? Um, do you think we'll get a giant donut at the end of this? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Time will tell. All right, let's jump into our final thoughts and our reviews. how you really feel let's rate this so we here at mcu beyond infinity podcast rate and review all of our installments from one to five time slips one time slip being the worst five time slips being the best we do accept half uh time slips on our sacred timelines with all that being said, Travis, the fourth episode of the second season for the MCU's newest Disney Plus streaming series, Loki, the heart of the TVA. What say you? One out of five. This one is a three and a half for me. I like the ending. The uh, the, the hot cocoa scene was not that interesting. <laughs> it was so it was weird. Odd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so weird. Uh, I'm... Glad that Victor Timey's out of the equation so they can introduce a different Kang if they want to here. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if they will, but it'd be nice. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a, a ton to say. Uh, I I like this episode. Again, it's back on track with the first episode mm-hmm. for me because I like these like beat the clock fucking episodes a lot. Um, It gives a pace to the show that yeah, yeah. feels imminent and it's kind of lacking in the episodes where it doesn't have that where this this time loom disaster that's looming doesn't seem to be very pressing uh no yeah the the second episode with the the pit stops ob mm-hmm. and then the third one with the foggy old chicago and all that <laughs> um Definitely felt like it took a pause, but we have been reintroduced to villains with a face, you know, and a name that's not just like an imminent threat on top mm-hmm. of the imminent threat and the 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 beat the clock kind of thing. Um, I like Loki's arc a lot. And, you know, we didn't talk about it during the episode, but there's that little pit stop to the Key Lime Pie room where Loki tells a story about the first Thor movie and how you know, choosing the path of destruction and villainy is kind of the easy choice, Mm -hmm. but changing is the difficult choice. And, you know, we talked a lot about the decision of chance and free will last season on Loki and that whole, you know, free will versus determinism thing. And as much as Loki and Sylvie want to believe in free will being a thing, it's, 
kind of feeling inevitable that determinism is going to win over going back to the Norse mythology of Loki's story, which is, you know, he is created with the birth of the universe and the tree inevitably causes Ragnarok and the Ragnarok event is what causes the birth of the universe and the tree and his birth again. And he's kind of this figure um, that starts with the universe and ends the universe and, you know, the snake mm-hmm. in his own tail. So for them to, rather than adapt the Ragnarok story during the movie called Ragnarok, they <laughs> uh, kind of do it a little bit here and kind of make him that inevitable um, tragic figure at the end of the universe and the beginning of the universe. And I think that's fucking neat, right? Like It could be if that's the way they go with this. Yeah. It seems like that's what they're doing, right? I yeah, yeah. I I think you're I have a good idea there. Yeah, and it's not like that on the nose. Like it, it is kind of done subtly a little bit. Yeah, at least it's, it's not like them talking about the snake eating its tail and then mentioning Mr. Ouroboros and <laughs> Yeah, and then having Mr. Ouroboros say yeah. it's like a snake eating its own tail. I guess yeah, maybe it yeah. is a little. Yeah. Maybe it is a little. Well, no, I mean it's not as on the nose as the Ouroboros thing and the way it was delivered in this particular episode. The rest of it is yeah. Yeah, at least it's complicated, right? Like yeah. you know, and and the character setup of Floki is just coming full circle into a bigger picture. And I absolutely adore it. So I'm going to give this thing a four out of five. This is happy with the Marvel cinematic universe as I've been in a very long time. Um, I loved guardians three and Wakanda forever, but guardians three and Wakanda forever felt like legacies of the first couple phases of the MCU Mm -hmm. a little bit. This feels very much part of the new MCU, right? Like this is, beyond infinity right like this is why we started the podcast to talk about what happens after the infinity yeah, saga this is the the most like forward facing of our current series movies whatever and where it's uh, setting up our big bad more firmly <laughs> and it's weird yeah yeah that too that too and it's weird. It is not straightforward. It is not Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It is not <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trying to look weird, compensating for it being kind of a par yeah, yeah. average movie. Same thing with Spider-Man Homecoming or whatever. Home Depot. Yeah, or, no Way Home. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Way Home, yeah. Yeah. No script here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's a bizarre show to be the kind of face of the new marvel this and wandavision you know are the kind of the ones that set it up and Mm -hmm. i wish everything kept the pace and dared to be different the way that those these two shows and and installments have but they haven't right and the stuff that we've liked that we've gotten with the exception of like i keep saying like i keep dismissing the new mcu but like Hawkeye yeah. ruled, She-Hulk ruled, Miss Marvel ruled. Like, there were a couple that did rule, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, the characters we tend to like. <laughs> like mentioned, Kate Bishop is great. I'm mm-hmm. eager to see more of her. Yelena Belova, I want to see more of her. Even though mm-hmm. Thunderbolts doesn't sound like the most appetizing cinematic outing for me. No, it doesn't. Yeah. 
what are we some sort of thunderbolts um <laughs> was this a snake eating its own thunder um yeah yeah uh, yeah no I, i'm i'm loving i'm loving the show so far and i can't wait last year the fourth episode was the train episode that you and i really liked mm-hmm. and the fifth episode was such a huge fucking beast of an episode that was all the variant loki's remember richard e grant played a loki in pajamas yes yes fantastically was episode four was the train episode i mm-hmm. thought episode four last season was the one that ends with loki getting pruned and then the fifth episode is them hanging out in loki land and oh i thought the episode uh he got pruned was the train episode no it, Those were, it, they, it like, fell in love. it may be yeah yeah they like fell in love and then they kissed and it like destroyed the universe or something like that. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Episode five was them hanging out in Loki land. And that fucking was crazy. Like mm-hmm. that was, you know, holy shit. The MCU's doing I enjoyed it. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the payoff for Loki season two. Mm-hmm. I am very much. And the setup for Loki season three, hopefully, or Kang dynasty, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Yeah. Oh man. Um, been a couple slow news weeks for us recently, but we got we got some things to, to report on here, Travis. So let's jump into some news items before wrapping it up and calling it anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Fantastic Four apparently has a working title called Blue Moon, which... Really, the only comic book thing it points to is maybe Watu the Watcher, and uh, it may not have anything to do with the plot, but it may. Maybe it was spelled wrong, and it was actually Blue Milk. Oh, it's a Star Wars, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a Star Wars. yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that ain't no moon, yeah. I uh, whenever I thought of moon, I was thinking of inhumans, but yeah, it, that's the dark side of the moon, right? <laughs> they have their base on, yeah. I, I, um. I want this movie to be like cosmic shenanigans, right? Yeah. But I don't know if I want to watch the watcher in here. I don't want any more like giant space gods after Eternals for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have to explain how the Eternals and Galactus and everything are all one big mm-hmm. happy family. Yeah. Yeah, really not looking forward to that, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I know that kind of bummed you out when I mentioned the idea. Yeah, is almost certainly what they're going to do, and I'm not thrilled about it. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess there's I crazy <laughs> stuff they could do with the moon or whatever. But uh, and they I are blue. Know. Yeah, yeah, they are blue. They are blue. <laughs> what if it's fucking the moon, and and that's where like X Nilo is living, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this all sets up ex Nilo, and you and I are like, we knew it, we knew it all along. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And ex Nilo action figure is finally gonna pay off. And all. Yeah, yeah. Me coveting my entire Hickman's Avenger runs and <laughs> lugging it from long box to long box across many moves is finally uh, gonna pay off. Those books are heavy. No. <laughs> they are heavy. Jesus, yeah. I had to move them all from upstairs to downstairs recently, and that sucked. Like I mm-hmm. blew my back out. You know. Um, we should say this news comes from a website called Cosmic Circus. So yeah, yeah. there is a spinoff of that Murphy's Multiverse. Uh, oh, really? The people that write there used to 
right for Murphy's multiverse, and I think there may be beef between the two sides now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I uh, follow the Murphy's multiverse yeah, on Twitter. That's the only reason I'm aware. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see these guys, they, they do concert reviews as well. They, uh, they reviewed the Jonas Brothers, five albums, one night, one world, uh-huh. uh, Aramore, and oh, here it is, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, Gillette Stadium, night one and three. Mm. Scrolling down to see what they gave it. Um, <laughs> what did you give it? No. I I thought I I loved it. I, I like it's not my thing, but like yeah, yeah. If, if that was your thing, like that thing fucking delivered. It was like three and a half <laughs> hours long. You know what I mean? Um, it really. Like I've never seen a production like it, and uh, you know some of those songs are they're pretty good. You know they're okay. They're yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, the the other news is that Morehead and Benson may be directing the remaining episodes of Daredevil. Uh, mm-hmm. The the phrasing of remaining episodes it confuses me because I thought they were scrapping this thing and restarting anew, but I guess reusing footage they've already shot that's after. Uh, usable, I guess, in this new version. And this comes from Deadline, and the headline here oh, yeah. is is uh, Marvel's Daredevil: Born Again taps Dario Scarpane as the new showrunner, and Justin Benson, Aaron Moorhead to direct. So um, Dario Scar Scarpane, or however you pronounce this guy's name, he's the showrunner for Jack Ryan that show with uh, no, Jim right. from The Office and The Punisher. Um, yeah, I have no idea how many episodes are. I, I thought they were redoing this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I assume they just reuse like little bits of stuff that would be relevant, maybe, but I don't know. Uh, here we go. Less than half of the series, 18 episodes were shot. Marvel plans to keep some of the footage, though the series will pivot from being a procedural show to having a more serialized focus. Scarpone mm-hmm. will write the new episodes, incorporating what was already shot. That's what they're being told. Benson Moorhead will direct the remaining episodes of season one. So they're like directing yeah, the yeah. whole season. Yeah. Well, one. One vision, one directorial vision will potentially be nice, other than the footage they're using from other people. But uh, the uh, showrunner guy wrote one episode of Daredevil, or not Daredevil, but uh, The Punisher. The Punisher. Yeah, I didn't like that show in in general, but like the last four episodes of the first season started to feel like The Punisher to me. Before he said, I don't want to be the the Punisher anymore? Yeah, yeah, for those first two episodes, and yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, and this show is supposed to have Punisher, I think, in it again, right? I believe so. I believe so. Let's hope he's not conflicted about things. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope he's punishing. Yeah, yeah, that's all I want. I just want Frank, I just want Frank Castle being Frank Castle. Yeah, a complete sociopath towards other criminals. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I think Frank Castle is somebody who works best in smaller bits for me. Mm-hmm. As like a supporting player, kind of, you know? Where we can bounce him off of a more traditional hero. That, like the uh, rooftop scene in Daredevil Season 2 is still oh. one of my favorites in 
in Marvel's uh, filmography. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I saw that premiere at a movie theater and we all went fucking crazy for it. Mm-hmm. People yeah. talking and good acting and good dialogue and that's fun. And lots of violence. Well, I mean, the rooftop scene there wasn't, but... The rooftop scene there wasn't, but... This is like one murder. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. The, the scene that preceded it before that was yeah. crazy, where he shot out after, the guy yes. gangster. Yeah. 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 Insane shit. Insane shit. Um, the only other real news that isn't news is that talking about the errors fucking tour the director of daredevil (laughs) 3 has been walking around new york city a lot with taylor swift and there has been the big long-standing rumor that she's going to be in daredevil 3 Mm -hmm. she's been in movies she's tapped to be directing a feature film soon oh my god imagine (laughs) it would make more than infinity war and uh, and they're like how do we bounce back marvel needs a hit yeah um that would simultaneously disrupt it would make everyone upset and so many people happy at the same time like the shit with the nfl right now where she's dating travis kelsey Mm -hmm. it's like so many people are just like shut the fuck up all we want to talk about is football (laughs) and then everyone is just like fuck you like the fan base is just like all we care about is Taylor Swift. It's yeah. crazy. It's made like, football gay. <laughs> it has made bit. football gay for yeah. a little bit, which has been fun. It's, it's made fun. That's it, fun. People are bringing friendship bracelets to Kansas City <laughs> Chief games. It is crazy. Um, it is very, very funny. And that would be very funny. I think she's a good choice for Dazzler. Like, Yeah, yeah. That's very meta-y and fun uh yeah and you know she's like like dazzler's a super important character that's going to require a lot of uh, anything (laughs) dazzler only exists because like marvel found out they had the rights to like a marvel comics record label at one point in time and they like wanted to put out like a single they were going to release an album with it Uh, (laughs) yeah uh, there, I, there is a song like have oh, you ever is heard that? No, yeah, yeah, there, no, there is a song. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I bet it's awful, it but it. yeah, I'll... it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like there's a video and shit. It's it. Mm. It did come out like as like a seven inch. Like it's very I strange. Didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. That. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's two characters, Dazzler and somebody else. Um. Yeah, I would say yep. the second one may not have come out. Is what was the thing or something along those lines. Yeah, it might have been like an all girl group or some shit, mm-hmm. right? And I've told you, like, I would choose Dazzler as my ride along audience surrogate character if I were put in charge of the X Men movies. If she's like, played by Taylor Swift. Yeah. If, oh my God, if she's played by Taylor Swift, of course. Yeah. Well, there'd be no question. It's you know the, what I mean? uh, the Star Fox uh, in Eternals thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who cares if that movie's shit? This guy's going to bring eyes to it. Uh, I did I tell you about the time that I went to go see Don't Worry Darling in the movie theaters? I don't think so. It, it was so bizarre. Um, I went because I do like Olivia Wilde, and I just heard the shitstorm about that movie. Mm-hmm. And I went early on like a Saturday by myself, and it was like packed with 
young women, like yeah. packed, packed with young women. And on iPhones, you have this thing called AirDrop, which whenever it's on, you can like send documents to people. Like, yeah, I, I love AirDrop because, you know, sometimes I mix the podcast on my iPad and then I bounce it to my mm -hmm. computer and I use AirDrop instead of plugging a cord in. I love AirDrop. It's Bluetooth. You know what I mean? But it's it's fun because it's fucking Apple. Um and these people were just sending shirtless pictures of Harry Styles, like out into the open, like out into the ether. Yeah. Like, and like, I've done that before. Like where I'm on a subway, there's this, um, you ever seen the astronaut sloth? Do you know about this yes. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I used to just like, if I was on the subway, I would just airdrop astronaut sloth to like anybody who had it on. And every mm -hmm. once in a while, someone would click it and you'd see them look at their phone and be like, what the fuck? Um, but people were just airdropping shirtless pictures of Harry Styles. The theater was, and you know, that movie wasn't even good. You know, yeah. Eternals is, is horrible. Like that movie is <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Um, it's a bad idea from beginning to end. From beginning to, to the end, yeah. yeah. We were, you know, we were rooting for that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't we want were... it to be that bad. Yeah, this isn't uh, a the cast and everything? Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, quite mm. the bummer. Quite the bummer. Next week is the penultimate episode of season two for Loki. Historically, a good part sometimes of a Marvel Cinematic Universe television series. Uh, penultimate episodes kind of usually have a lot of action as it yeah. comes down to the, the big old climax. WandaVision was dope, right? The penultimate episode, that was the Agatha stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm really, really looking forward to finally, you know, barreling towards the finale and then picking up probably the same week with the Marvels. I just got my tickets and I'm rooting for that movie as well. I hope it's okay. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I hope it's fun. Uh, that's, I'm not expecting it to do anything massive as far as progressing the phase along or the saga. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just hoping it's okay. I hope they uh, make it so like these characters more than we already do. That's all I want. Absolutely. Oh, I think everyone already likes Kamala. That's something I'm very happy about in general. Well, I hope they turn. I hope they turn Kamala Khan into like a like a, a big character with this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like make her a movie star. Right now she's on television. Like make Kamala Khan like a fucking movie star. And bigger. Yes, yes. And bigger. Yes. A noble spirit and bigger's the smallest man, as mm. uh, the guy from The Simpsons once said. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at mcubeyondinfinitypodcast at gmail.com and you can join in on the conversation on social media at the MCU Beyond Infinity Podcast Facebook group, a wonderful place for fellow like-minded Marvelites to discuss any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Loki finale, the Taylor Swift Eras tour, and uh, Dazzler's, you know, possible records. I might just be making that up. I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure that's real, though. Um... Yeah, with all that being said, my name is John. I'm Travis. Bad baby.